The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Go, go, Sanderson. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. Tuesday, August 8th. Everybody in action on this Tuesday. Brendan Glasheen joined by the usual Tuesday crew, Sean Zarillo, the author of Opening Pitch, which you can find a succinct breakdown of the slate over on ActionNetwork.com, also in the Action Network app, and Anthony DeBundo, who does have Dinger Tuesday picks for this Tuesday slate. It is Dinger Tuesday. A lot to dive into. We are uh, live here on Payoff Pitch. We come to you every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the season. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Great time of year as the playoff races continue to heat up and we come down the stretch. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. We want to mix in some other things besides the actual betting because it was kind of a, a bleep storm yesterday uh, in baseball, particularly with the Baltimore Orioles. I've got thoughts. DeBundo's got thoughts. Just a quick minute on that because it's a shame what's happening with the Baltimore Orioles broadcast booth. Also, we didn't even talk about this yesterday, Zarillo. What happened between Tim Anderson and... And Jose Ramirez over the weekend, you're a UFC guy. You thought it was the best knockout of the week, weekend. Um, But anyway, task at hand, let's dive into some bets and we'll mix in that other stuff. Your best bet does feature the Baltimore Orioles. What is the angle? Yeah, taking the Orioles in both halves today, first five in full game, hoping that the suspension of Kevin Brown yesterday is not going to provide them with some bad karma. Uh, Maybe this is the turning point down the stretch where it completely collapses for the Orioles, because coming from the top, the karma could not be worse. But in terms of Tuesday's matchup, I like the Orioles down to about plus 111 for the first five innings, plus 105 for the full game. Grayson Rodriguez has been much better in his second stint in the big leagues. Technically, his third stint, he did come back up first start in between his first 10 starts and his most recent five starts. But you see the improved command, the improved velocity, velocity first time around sitting about 96.7 miles an hour. His past five starts over 98 miles an hour. He's also thrown slightly different pitch mix. He scrapped his cutter. He was throwing that as much as 20% of the time. His first 10 starts in the big leagues, 
that's basically gone and he's increased his fastball and changeup usage. So they've consolidated his arsenal, his velocity has gone up, his stuff plus rating has gone up, and his location and command numbers have improved too. Strikeout minus walk rate in those first 10 starts compared to the recent five starts is actually very similar, but the underlying pitch modeling metrics say that Rodriguez has been much better, and it's pretty evident just watching him that he's much more refined, has much more comfort in terms of his command and locating and not falling behind against hitters. So the Orioles here are a value bet for me. Uh, for Amber Valdez, his underlying indicators this year have taken a slight step back, even though his strikeout and walk numbers have actually moved forward. So project a pretty negligible difference between these two starting pitchers. So I like Baltimore here at home, as I said, a plus money. And I doubt we get much plus money on the Orioles the rest of the way at home. Okay. Kevin Brown. Glad you brought him up. So Kevin Brown is the TV announcer for the Baltimore Orioles. And this made waves last night. Awful announcing had the first report on it that he has been indefinitely suspended by the Baltimore Orioles from calling games. He hasn't been in the booth since the end of July, July 26th. It was a series against the Phillies, Debundo. But the issue at hand, according to uh, this report, Kevin Brown opened up a broadcast during the Tampa Bay Rays series in which the Orioles won. They took three out of four. He was setting up the series finale. They had led the series 2-1. The history on the line for the Orioles was that they were going to win their first series down at Tropicana Field for the first time in 15 tries. They had not won a series in a long time against the Orioles or against the Rays at the Trop. Kevin Brown, like you watch Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football, opened up the broadcast. They call it a broadcast open. Solo shot, then he brought in his analyst, but he is speaking to a graphic which highlights that the uh that the things that were not things that were not going well for the Orioles at the trot. They had uh, been 0 15 and 1 in their last 16 series. Brown has not been in the booth since, and it caused a shitstorm on on Twitter last night. It's like one of those rare moments where everyone is galvanizing and coming together, united on the same cause. Kevin Brown, free Kevin Brown. He has been treated unfairly by the Baltimore Orioles. Now, this awful announcing article that came out yesterday has since mentioned that they did hear from a spokesman uh, that would not give details on personnel matters and that they look forward to seeing Kevin very soon. I'm sure they, I'm sure they are. But uh, what, a, what an embarrassment. All he said, he was pointing out a fact about what the Orioles had been doing at the trot. He has been suspended. I don't know if he'll be back in the booth because if I was Kevin Brown and I know Kevin Brown personally, I'd be so pissed at this whole situation. John Angelos is now the chief, whatever he runs the team basically now uh, as the son of the former owner. Um, Debundo, you have a quick thought on this because I'm just so upset. And oh, oh, by the way, it's like the running back group chat in football. All of the baseball broadcasters came together and they all mentioned how this was an embarrassment on their broadcast last night. Gary Cohen, Michael Kay, Dave O'Brien from the Red Sox, Jason Benetti of the White Sox, who actually used to work with Kevin Brown in Syracuse in their AAA days. Um, I, it was kind of funny, some of the things they were saying to call out uh, the Orioles and what they did to Bundo. Well, I'm wondering if uh, if John Angelos paid Zerillo to announce the Orioles as his best bet today or, or if he's uh, on the <laughs> payroll. Um. But yeah, no, it's terrible. I mean, you know, silencing people for stating facts. I mean, it's not even a bad thing. It's a good thing. They used to suck and now they're better. And we're all happy about it because we all have been betting the Orioles all year and making good money on them. And uh, and we think that they have a, a decent chance in the playoffs. Uh, and that should be celebrated. You know, they were bad for a long time. That's a, Everybody knows that in Baltimore and around the league. And now they're good. That's fun. 
Uh, and they're not the only ones too. Artie Marino uh, and in LA frequently has declined uh, and gone above, you know, and forced PR to decline interviews to uh, coaches with the Angels. Uh, when you know Sam Blum has tried to get you know reporting on from them on what's going wrong with the team, they just say, "Sorry, your coverage is too negative. You don't get the interview." That is pretty preposterous because people want fair reporting and honest assessments. Um, but yeah, it's uh, concerning. State, you know, team media is a little dangerous in some ways in that sense. But uh, hopefully that uh, he's back in the booth. I heard August 11th, Britt Giroli's reporting suggested that. So. Uh, we'll see uh, if he's back. It certainly will be interesting, and uh, he's a great broadcaster. I enjoy pulling up ML- MLB TV. Like you get the option whenever you watch a game. Do you want to watch the home or the away broadcast? And Baltimore is one of the teams that I always click on because uh, I think he does a good job. And quickly, Zerillo, that particular series, the night before, they turned an excellent double play to Bautista was pitching. They closed out the game. The Rays were threatening to possibly tie the game or take the lead. They had the lead. They had the go-ahead runner on first base, and they turned two to close out the game. And Kevin had a great call, had some punch and some great delivery to uh, signal that the Orioles had dethroned the Rays for first place in the American League East. It was a great moment. That was the night before. That was the night before. And just last thing, when you watch games, everybody, it's not just the announcer, and I'm speaking kind of for myself now too, you don't just toss the, the headset on and talk into a microphone. There is a producer. There is a director. There is a graphics operator. It is a collective effort, especially before the game starts, because they're trying to figure out what the story of the game is. They're setting up a game requires two teams going head to head. And there is a storyline. And it was all to promote Debundo's point that the Orioles have had a lot of success. And they're finally beating a team that they've had struggles with down in Florida. That's all I got on that. Just very frustrating. And if DeBundo's right, great. We'll see Kevin back in the booth very soon, and they'll just put this away. And knowing Kevin, he won't make anything of it. He'll move on and just call the game because he's a pro. And he also does other stuff too, ESPN, college basketball, college football. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to spend a minute on that. I, There's like, a tweet that uh, this is the most unanimous opinion that people have had on Twitter in about three years. So, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> think true. there's any controversy regarding uh, supporting Kevin. Uh I, I did find it funny for Gary Cohen to say there's 29 other teams that want you. I was like, Gary, you, you realize that 29 includes you. So just, just be careful, Gary. Uh, can't, can't break up Gary, Keith and Ron uh, as much as I want Kevin Brown to land on his feet. So uh, Unreal. yeah, you know, the, the announcers that you have, right. They're, they're almost part of your family. You spend a lot of time with them throughout the summer. Uh, I mean, I've had Gary Cohen in my life for so long at this point. And when the trio isn't together, when Gary, Keith and Ron aren't all together, feels like something's missing when all three of them are there you know it's it's magic really is magic like when you when you relate to the announcing team for your favorite team I mean it's you know I spend as much time with them as I do with my family (laughs) during the summer so uh yeah it's it's a special relationship and uh you know the Orioles getting rid of John Miller Gary Thorne like it's it's a history of uh fuck-ups in this area and uh, I don't know why they got rid of those guys who were legendary Hall of Fame announcers. But, I mean, if it was anything related to stating factual information, I'm sure it's going to come out soon. And you know this, too, at that Mets booth, last thing I'll say. They are critical. There is critical analysis of the team. And one of the – Marty Glickman said this a long time ago. When it comes to broadcasting, you have to consider your audience. The audience knows how bad they've been down at the trot. And it's a way of galvanizing everybody to say, hey, look how well we are playing. 
it's also part of the job to be critical, not negative, but critical of where you stand. The Mets are a great example because they just, you know, they just keep falling on their faces. But when it's, something's not going well, it is okay to bring up. Now, if you go out of line, if Kevin said, oh, they, they, they have sucked down here and they've been terrible, that's not what he did. Um, anyway. I think everybody was just watching the two-minute clip waiting for him to say something bad. Just never we're waiting for Castellanos to hit a home run is what I was waiting for. Yeah. And quickly, I guarantee you, this John Angelos, he probably saw the graphic pop up as Kevin was speaking. The top of the graphic that they showed on the TV broadcast said tropical depression. So I guarantee, like, that's my point, though. He, they're, just, they're just listening to the announcer acting as if he just came up with this on his own. There's a collective to tell the story of the game. We can move on because we're going to go too long on this. And I could go, I could do the whole show on this crying out loud. It's just so aggravating. Debundo, what do you have for a best bet today? Don't be too negative. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm back in on the twins, man. You know, just when I'm out, they pull me back in. Uh, Minnesota twins minus 118 on the road in Detroit today. Sonny Gray against Eduardo Rodriguez. There is some air in Sonny Gray's numbers. Uh, he has benefited from, uh, you know, fewer home runs this year. Home run rate, 0.36 per nine. Don't think that will continue forever. His home run per fly ball rate is way down. So he's had some good fortune in what is otherwise a pretty comparable uh, underlying profile. But uh, I think there's something to it and there's some signal in that he's using more of a cutter and a sweeper this year. And the cutter getting in on the lefties and the sweeper against the righties has really helped him, uh, you know, in keeping the ball in the ballpark. It's helped suppress the batted ball quality uh, enough to to limit the home run issue. And as a result, uh, I think Gray is a solidly better pitcher than Eduardo Rodriguez. Rodriguez has been up and down this season. I'm not really a believer that anything's really changed with Eduardo either. Like he's been a consistently, um, you know, high mid to high threes ERA pitcher uh, who this year, you know, again, has had some benefit uh, with, you know, batted ball luck and, and some, some strand rate stuff to have an ERA below three. But uh, I think that Gray is a tick better. And then I also have the much better lineup. Um, the twins don't project all as well against lefties, but they did have some, you know, boost coming back into the lineup. Luplo has been playing against the lefties and he's always hit lefties in his career. Uh, Jorge Polanco coming back has helped this lineup a little bit. So there are some pieces to like with the twins. I know their splits for the season are not great against Southpaws, but uh, they have the bullpen advantage, the lineup advantage, and a slight starting pitcher advantage. So I'm going to lay the minus 118 on the road. Also, I just think the Twins generally have a really interesting playoff case here because they're going to get that three seed, uh, and they're going to they're going to host a playoff series. And I'm really not as high on the six as everybody else is. Like the teams that are competing now, it looks like it's going to be Toronto uh, or Seattle. I think the Twins, with their starting pitching matchup as well. With, as anybody, and they do have a good A bullpen with Jackson Duran. Uh, so as long as Emilio Pagan isn't pitching in the playoffs and high leverage, I think the Twins are an interesting case as maybe a dark horse in this conf- in this league. Just because we know that they have the home run potential with their their lineup, they have the barrels, they do strike out a lot, which is a red flag. But the starting pitching development to get you know Dallas Keuchel and pull him off the scrab heap and get good production from him in AAA, call him up and get a solid start against. Arizona, Louis Varlin, remember him earlier in the year, They Bailey Ober, like they just keep finding guys, developing them and turning them into really good pitchers. Joe Ryan, uh, if he can figure it out, is a top line ace. There's a lot to like about this, this Twins team from a pitching perspective uh, and their run differentials continue to be really good. I know it's the Central. The Central's had no success in the playoffs, but 
they're going to be interesting for me coming down the stretch run here into the playoffs. I'm disappointed you didn't mention uh, 2024 ALC on Pablo Lopez by name. Pablo's right. been pitching That's the thing, as well right? as like Ryan anybody. Lopez. Pablo has been pitching as well as anybody in the AL over the past two months or so. So uh, finally yeah. found it in Minnesota. I, I said all along the you know the stuff plus metrics popped this year. They changed his arsenal around. Been waiting for better results. He's finally getting it. So yeah, I'm actually more concerned about Joe Ryan. Say that he said maybe pitching through injury or something like that. But Bailey Ober is going to give you five strong innings and a playoff start. Like short series against an AL East team, yeah, they could take him out. Uh, Even in a longer but, series, though, like I don't think yeah. they're out of it. Like they would have between Lopez, Ryan, Ober, Sonny Gray, uh, Maeda has looked really impressive Maeda. for most of his time back. And then, you know, like those five, I, I'll take that five or anybody in baseball right now that's fully healthy because the Rays are, are, are done with their pitching and, and who's left? Like who has a better rotation? And Maeda has been good out of the bullpen in the playoffs in the past too, which is important. So he's a guy you could immediately convert, you know, to a reliever and, yeah, no, I mean, Minnesota is interesting. Uh, Ed Julian, a guy I love, uh, you know, it's certainly added some punch to their lineup. So Matt Warner is really right good. Now. Buxton is Buxton struggling. Gallo's giving them nothing. Like they, Correa's giving them nothing. The guys who were supposed to be their stars are the ones who are struggling. It's kind of ironic. Well, I mean, if they flip the switch, it's uh, certainly possible. Yeah. Twins are down to minus 115 today. They try to make it six straight wins at BetMGM. They are 25 to one to win the World Series. Behind Toronto, Baltimore, Texas, Tampa, Houston in the American League. Yeah, I think I'd take the Twins over Toronto, for example. Okay. All right, let's move on. If playoff games were five innings, I'd probably agree. Seven innings, even. <laughs> twins first five is a popular pick here on the podcast. Yeah, the Twins are going to be a, a big first five bet for me in the uh, in the playoffs if they make it there. Want to avoid the, uh, the Emilio Pagan entries. Our Fade the Public segment today features the Atlanta Braves. They've lost three straight. Uh, they lost last night to the Pirates, seven to six. And the money bets piling in on Atlanta. The public likes Atlanta today. 88% of the bets, 92% of the cash on the Braves against Mitch Keller and the Pittsburgh Pirates. We have been pro Mitch Keller, Zerillo, on this podcast. Maybe that's more of a Charlie Disturco thing. Um, but overall, uh, Mitch Keller's support here on Payoff Pitch. Any interest in Pittsburgh today? Their price is around plus 135 today against the Braves. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? No, I made the Braves around minus 150, but Yoni has pitched much better with Atlanta than he did in Tampa Bay. Uh, expected Irave at 3.6 is, you know, his model, pitching model expected ERA. He's just refined command. Uh, we, I mean, he's had much better results in the past. So I don't think you can look at that 5.7 expected ERA in the year and say, this guy's horrendous. I think the Braves actually might have gotten him back to reasonable form. So I made this total 9.2. I don't like either side of the matchup. But even after upgrading the park factor by about 8% relative to a normal day, I still made this total 9.2. So like the under 10 down to minus 120. Could play under 9.5 to minus 102. Just think it's a touch high. I know it's scary betting these Braves unders because they seem to score a million runs every game or in the first inning or it's going fine and then they'll score 10 runs in a half an inning and blow it up, but just got to keep betting them. Uh, and yes, not interested in betting against them, but certainly interested in Keller potentially keeping them in check today. He's He's been fine. I know it seems like Mitch Keller has fallen off like dramatically, fallen off of a cliff in the second half. His pitching model metrics have been around 3.9. 
which is where his my model weighted ERA is for him, you know, using his full season line, 3.93. So since the All-Star break, he's pitching to about a 3.9 pitching model weighted ERA. Uh, and that's right where I have him for a season long numbers. So yeah, haven't downgraded Mitch Keller, uh, if anybody's wondering. I I've basically been making him the same pitcher for the past few months. Um don't show value on Pittsburgh today. That's been a rarity. Debundo plus one thirty five, enticing enough to take the Pirates and fade the public. Yeah, not nearly good enough given the gulf in the lineups too. I mean, like Pittsburgh, ha- you know, they they bombed Strider last night. Uh, good for them, but like they're they're starting five or six rookies every night at this point, yeah, and, right. and so it's it's hard to project their lineup, and Moved they're going to have nights. Deadline. Yep. Yeah, they're going to have nights where they just look lost at the plate and they strike out fifteen times. I don't think Chirinos is the guy necessarily to do that, but they uh, they're really hard to project offensively. Yes, yeah, six and, rookies in there for them tonight, presumably. Wow. Yeah, and, and that was the same. it's been true for multiple weeks now. Yeah. Uh, it was true in the Philly series. It's been true, uh, you know, as they've gone through the schedule here in the second half. Traded Santana, traded Choi. You know, calling up Endy and Davis, and and it's fun. Piguero and Alika Williams. Uh, some of these guys aren't going to stick, I don't think, like Triolo. But um, they're going to have nights where they look okay and nights where they look really bad. So it's it's harder to project the Pirates right now. They will have – it looks like most of their bullpen available behind Keller. The thing for me with Keller has been the command. He had career best command first half of the season. It seems like it's fallen off a little bit. That would be my thing with him. Uh, he's missing more spots, missing fewer bats as a result of that. And he uh, – his swinging strike rate has never really supported the the jump in strikeout rate. So – I think that Keller, you know, we were betting him a lot in the first half. I think there's probably some regression coming and, and maybe a little worse, but again, like it, it's not as bad as it's looked. I mean, he gave up what eight runs last start. So he's somewhere in the middle, um, an above average starter, but nothing special for me. So yeah, no play on this game. Under 10 runs is down to minus one Oh five at bet MGM. Yeah. Plenty. Of, I said minus minus one twenty is where I'd bet it to. Uh, and then even nine and a half at minus one Oh two. So plenty of room. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidence help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. 
Cesarillo, I don't know if the underdog board is as good as it was yesterday. I know they uh, we didn't get the Nationals to play. They're playing a doubleheader against Philadelphia, but the uh, the Royals almost came through at Fenway. But uh, looking at underdogs for Tuesday, is there a price that jumps out to make you consider taking an underdog? Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Vic Carapaza on my shit list today for that check swing call in the ninth inning. That was fucking horrendous. Um, I love how of, mad we're all today. I love it. We've had some yeah, issues. I mean, that was, that was a bit bread, and I'm sure you were watching that, and you were like, oof, we got away with one there. Some technical uh, issues to get us up on the air today. The Kevin Brown thing. Everyone's mad. I love it. <laughs> in terms of my best bet for today, going with the Cincinnati Reds uh, in both halves. Or, sorry, my best underdog for today, I should say. Okay. Going with Cincinnati Reds in both halves. Didn't think there was enough room on this last night to make it a play worth writing up. I thought it was going to come out of range by this morning, uh, but it is still there today. So you can take Cincinnati down to about plus 120 for the first five innings, plus 120 for the full game. Same price target, both halves. Um, Luke Weaver has gotten bombed in his past few starts, which is obviously concerning. Eight runs, six runs, eight runs. But his pitching model weighted ERA, again, around four and a half. Uh, the Reds, you know, the the split's a little bit interesting. Um, whether they project better against lefties than righties, it's difficult to say. It's kind of swung back and forth throughout the season. Every time I check it, I feel like it flip-flops. Um, but, I, you know, I don't really see a big split necessarily in the Reds offensively, left-handed versus right-handed. And Braxton Garrett is one of these guys who seems to go up and down. You know, I keep thinking he's a breakout candidate because of that first-round pedigree. Uh, you see the, you know, performances go up for a month. He has a bunch of quality starts and then he, he dips back down into the four and a quarter, 4.5, you know, expected ERA pitching model ERA type range. So don't necessarily see a big difference between these two starting pitchers. I would give the pitching advantage to the Marlins. And I think Weaver certainly has the much lower floor and Garrett, the higher ceiling, but projected the Reds basically around even money in this matchup at home. And like the Orioles, I doubt you get them at plus money too many times on the stretch here. I don't. Debundo, you have an underdog in mind, and Zarillo's got thoughts on this one too. So, Zarillo, feel free to chime in after Debundo does. You're on the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, the Snakes. Yeah, I'm running into the buzzsaw that is the Dodger offense. Uh, since the trade deadline, they've been dynamite, hitting a lot of balls out of the yard, crushing everybody, running away with the division. But I think they're a little expensive here with Arias, who has continued to be inconsistent. Uh, and the problem for Julio has been the home runs. Now, you could look at this one of two ways. Uh, For years, Arias was a guy who outperformed his expected metrics, somebody who kept the ball in the yard despite not really having the stuff to necessarily do that, and somebody who kept his home run to fly ball rate way below league average. Now, it has slowly ticked up in the last couple of seasons, and I think that's uh, regression to kind of just closer to what I think he is in the long run and what the projection systems have kind of always said about him. So, for example, you know, this year, 1.67 home runs per nine, the last three years was 0.82, 0.92, 1.18. The reality is somewhere in the middle in that, but some of these projections like the bat has him at 1.5 home runs per nine and even Steamer, who's more optimistic on him generally, uh, has him at 1.4. So there are some reasons to think that this is just who Julio Arias is. He has struggled with injury as well, which has definitely hurt him uh, and trying to be at his best. And I was not all that impressed with his start against Oakland. Uh, I know he the, the, the final line was good, but he was not at his best in that outing either. So I think that's classic example of, you know, a big name pitcher being a little overvalued. And Brandon Fott, as bad as he's been, 
Uh, I actually still am a believer in Fott, somebody who has also a major home run problem and is sure to give up one or two tonight. But the uh, change in the mix a little bit coming up last start, best start of his career, uh, and somebody who has consistently gotten impressive strikeout numbers in the minor leagues. The projections don't really like him in the majors to replicate it, but his strikeout rates over 10 per nine in AAA. I know he got uh, had a really rough ERA in, in AAA, but uh, the most of that is driven by the altitude effects in AAA. And, and so the rest of the season projections, you know, 4-3 ERA, uh, I only think he's marginally worse than than Urias. So plus 140 at home, I like Arizona uh, tonight. Okay. And they've lost six in a row. They did get the day off yesterday in the Dodgers. While they did score 13 runs, they they allowed several runs. So there's a bullpen rest advantage there too for the uh, Diamondbacks. Maybe their new closer won't screw it up again. Um, okay, Zarillo, you're also on Arizona. Anything to add? Yeah, as Anthony mentioned, Brandon Fox has been much better since he got recalled than he was earlier in the year. Stuff plus, location plus, both up. Um, so over the same span since Fox came back up, Julio Arias model weighted pitch modeling ERA, body ERA of around four. Brandon Fott around 3.6. So he's outpitched Arias since he came back to the big leagues. Uh, Arias, his stuff plus, location plus, also down compared to previous seasons. So there's a reason to believe, not only in terms of the actual results and the underlying indicators, but also the pitch modeling metrics, the quality of his stuff has declined this season. And Brandon Fott, I think, is going to pitch much closer to his recent level than what we saw earlier in the year when he first came up to the big leagues and didn't have much command. So yes, as Anthony said, don't see a huge discrepancy between these starting pitchers, made Arizona plus 127. Could bet them down to about plus 138 or better here at home. And hopefully they get back on the winning track because we do have some juicy make the playoff tickets on them yeah. that appear to be dying very quickly. Dead. Yeah. I'm worried about my win total. Yeah. Oh, 70, 74 and a half. And I'm starting to be like, well, if they keep going down this path, it could get yeah, ugly. You're probably fine. Ugly. But yeah, that's uh, not something you ever thought you'd be sweating at this point. So. Oh, geez, DeBundo, I forgot about that. That was one of your, that was one of, from the preseason pods. That was one of your favorite picks to give out before the season. My second favorite one, yeah. And we're, we're playing, we're, we're going to be probably at 500 after tonight. So okay. if we lose 500, but I mean, they would need to lose a lot more games to not yeah. be, uh, to get to, you know, 14 under. Pakoda's got him at 80.7 right now for yeah. wins. So yeah. I'm six wins ahead. I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, uh, Zarillo's got a couple more that he'd like to give out. DeBundo has some future picks as well that he'd like to to give out, and also Dinger Tuesday before we go. So, Zarillo, go ahead. And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, Jameson Tyon, first five innings, up to about minus 125. Um, uh, Carlos Carrasco, he's, he's found his form, Tyon has, and Carlos Carrasco continues to show that he's probably done. Um Again, going back to recent pitch modeling metrics, because now that we have such a sufficient sample for the season, I think it's worth taking shorter samples of that data and seeing how guys have performed over their past five to six starts. Tyone, pitch modeling ERA under four. Carlos Carrasco still at five and a quarter, 5.5. So Tyone finding his form, finding his command after struggling through much of the season with the Cubs, even his expected ERA is over five. But the pitch modeling numbers say that he should be much closer to where he was Last year, basically the metrics are identical. So tie on in the first five innings is set up to minus 125. The LA Angels in both halves, they've lost every single game 
since the trade deadline. Our under 80.5 has some life again after initially looking dead the moment we bet it and then buying. Suck it, Bundo. Suck yeah. it. You told, you told me to get worried. You told me I should be worried, and now I shouldn't be worried. You should still be worried. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so the Angels of both halves. That 80 range. You're right. Uh, minus 110, full game. Minus 120, first five innings. like the Motomore first five. Um, Alex Wood presumably going to get the bulk of the game for the Giants. He has not been nearly as good this year as he has been in years past, and even recent numbers suggest that too. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, plus 120. Also like the over eight in this matchup. Uh just surprised where it was. I, I think this was plus 110 last night. I made it closer to even money. So getting up to plus 120, now it's in range for me. You could take it down to about plus 115. And then also the over seven and a half or eight in that matchup looks good to me as well. Made it closer to eight and a half. All right. You say Kikuchi, who's been a guy we've actually been on the last uh, yeah. few weeks. So, and the Guardians so don't hit lefties that well. But yeah, for some reason, uh, I, I guess I like Bibby. Uh a little bit more than the market. I don't know. It's not a guy I've consistently backed either. So, yeah, it just, just so happens. The Jared matchup, the fact that tonight. the Jays are down Bichette, uh, you know, don't like them as much. The Guardians may be becoming, as they're falling out of the division lead or falling out of the division race, I should say, completely. Maybe people are just, like, coming down on them. The market's coming down on them in general. So Is J-Ram, he's out tonight, right? I'm sorry? Wouldn't J-Ram be out? Presumably for the suspension, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he, I mean, he could appeal it. It's up to him when he wants to sit. So if I were the Guardians, I would have him appeal it while you're still like somewhat in the race. And then once you completely fall out of it, take the suspension. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no there's no official confirmation on whether he's in or out tonight. To be honest, but I was, I was kind of surprised. Three games for knocking a dude out cold on the field is, is pretty remarkably little. Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, he, uh, he only it. threw one punch. Tim threw more, so you know it's it's not about the result; it's about the action. Of the <laughs> yes, process. I know. Uh, so I guess they I guess they each got one game per punch thrown, uh, but it really seemed like Jose connected on the only one that he threw clean. So bad idea by Tim Anderson starting southpaw in that fight. Don't really know what he was doing. Came out southpaw, threw a lead right hand, uh, and then tried to switch stances, and yeah. Stay tuned to uh, UFC, the UFC show on Friday for a full breakdown by Billy Ward and Sean Zarillo on uh, on that scrap. Great job, both Bundo. both about 185, 190 pounds too. So that was a that was a nice little fair middleweight fight. I know their physiques don't necessarily look the same, but they do weigh the same amount. So that was a that was a fair fight in terms of weight. All right, we'll see if Cleveland can knock out Yusei Kikuchi tonight and uh, deliver for Sean Zarillo. Hey. Debundo, a couple of futures looks, and it actually uh, does feature a team Zarillo just talked about a moment ago in the Chicago Cubs, and you've got your Dinger Tuesday pick, so please go ahead. Yeah, I was watching the game on Sunday, and uh, they got the final out against Atlanta to secure the win, and I found myself singing along to Go Cubs Go. You know, it was something special on Sunday. They got two out of three from the best team in the league. Uh, I know they got beat in New York on Monday night, but if you look at the schedules coming up for the Cubs and for the Brewers – I really don't understand uh, how this price is still plus 250. I know they're two and a half games out and that matters, but the Cubs upcoming schedule, they have the Mets. uh, They do have a a tricky series in Toronto, but then it's White Sox, Royals, Tigers, Pirates, and then they host the Brewers. That's the rest of the schedule for August. Uh, You compare that to the Brewers schedule, which is considerably more difficult. 
I think there's a good chance that by the end of the month, we're in first place, our Cubs. And uh, if you look at run differential, if you look at the comparable offenses in these two games and these two teams, um, Chicago has a real advantage. Now, Woodruff does come back for Milwaukee, and that will help their rotation. But this is still a team that after this Rockies and White Sox stretch is going to have to play the Dodgers on the road, the Rangers on the road, Minnesota, San Diego, and then they go to Chicago. So it's just a considerably more difficult schedule uh, coming in. Cubs, according to Tankathon, third easiest remaining schedule, uh, plus 250 to win the division and plus 125 to make the wild card in a race, in a wild card race in which the Giants are fading, the Reds have faded a bit uh, and don't really have, I mean, maybe Green and Lodolo save them, but uh, we'll see. Uh, and then the Diamondbacks have faded, and the Padres are the team that everybody thinks is going to make that run, and then they may well, but they just don't take their opportunities. They keep losing. So uh, the Cubs have the advantage over them in the actual standings uh, and uh, have the easier schedule. So I, I think there's still more time to add. Cubs plus 250 division and plus 125 to make the playoffs. I think there's going to be playoff baseball at Wrigley Field, and I'm going to be singing Go Cubs Go. Uh, quickly before Digger Tuesday, Zarillo, did you bet the Padres again this morning? I did. Uh, well, I bet them last night <laughs> at plus 130, uh, and it, it came down to plus 111. So way out of range from where I bet it. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it moves 30 cents in their direction every day, and it's completely infuriating that they keep losing. Charlie um, and Sean have actually quietly formed a syndicate. Wait a second. They So they lose yesterday against the Dodgers, and the price came down. It was a bad opener. I just couldn't bring myself to bet the Padres. It was like plus 144 yesterday, I think, to make the playoffs. And now that price has come down after another loss. Interesting. Interesting. What are they What are they now to make the playoffs? He just said it was plus 105, you said? No, he's talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant their money line. Sorry. I, mean, I thought you were talking talk about their money line for today. Oh, no, I meant. You meant, you meant that I bet there to make the playoffs bet yes. again. No, I didn't, I didn't every day. Okay. Uh, no, I know I haven't added more recently. I I, uh, I do agree with Anthony though on the Cubs. I think that's uh certainly uh the right side to be on. I mean, I added some Cubs. I believe plus five hundred uh, a month or two ago wasn't the right timing on that. Probably could have gotten a better number after that. But yeah, the Cubs seem like they've been the right team all along. They've had the positive run differential in that division the entire time, um, and the best infrastructure. So I don't know. They're putting Seiya Suzuki on the bench. Like, they have depth, too. You know, they're they're actually making plus EV decisions with who they're playing. They're like, say, you're not hitting when we're in the race. Get on the bench. Mike Talkman's going to play. So Chris Morrell's been Yeah, the Cubs him. are serious, and you should take them seriously. And uh, I'm on Dansby Swanson for Dinger Tuesday. I actually ran the numbers. Uh, every Dinger Tuesday pick that I've written up this season on the Action Network app, if you bet every single one of them, you'd be up, without the free bets, $5. So we have made... A small dent this year. We, we've really had a successful campaign, but also, of course, the promo is only plus EV because you get all the free bet money back, yeah. 50 bucks a week. So it, it does, does add up. But uh, yeah, five bucks to the good. Hopefully we can make it a little more tonight. But Dansby Swanson plus 440. Swanson has really uh, done a better job barreling the ball. Swing decisions have been better in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's really led the charge in this offense. And I have a season-long under on, on Swanson homers that I'm sweating a little bit here. But you mentioned it earlier, Zerillo Carrasco is done. The stuff is terrible. The strikeout minus walk is really bad. Plus 440 on Dansby. Decent hitting environment tonight at City Field. I know it's a pitcher's park. Uh, I like Dansby plus 440. Dinger Tuesday. Rest of the column will be up later today. Like I said, yeah, we're, we're, we're clinging to our small profit without the free bets. Yeah, but listen, I mean, if, you, you know, if you've been tailing Dinger Tuesday for 16 weeks and you've maxed out on the $50 bonus every single week, you're up $800 on free bets. So 
breaking even on terms of your bets when you're getting 50 bucks back per week is not a bad thing. Exactly. Okay, on that note, I think we should go. We, we, there's a longer pod today because we had some other things to discuss. Zarillo with the analysis of the Ramirez-Anderson duel from over the weekend, which we failed to get to yesterday. And uh, to conclude, free Kevin Brown. Free Kevin Brown. Anthony DeBundo and Sean Zarillo, uh, you can find their baseball content, of course, in the Action Network app, actionnetwork.com, Dinger Tuesday column, opening pitch column, and you can find them in the app with their picks if they add anything, uh, not just for today, of course. DeBundo's giving out future picks today. So be sure to look in the free award-winning Action Network app and leave that five-star rating on the podcast, folks, when you leave. We greatly appreciate it. For Zarillo and DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, we return Friday morning. Payoff Pitch is Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. Have a great Tuesday. See you at the end of the week. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.